Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode two of the Still in Developmental podcast with me, your host, Austin Jones, and my co-host, Xavier Mastin. In today's episode, um, you know you know how we are. We ramble. Uh, we get off on side tangents. So we have two topics planned, but we'll see where that goes. Uh, the first topic is the NBA playoffs, and then we're oh going to give uh, NFL week one predictions so to start with the NBA playoffs, because as a, we are recording this on September 5th, so we are smack dab in the middle of the second round of the playoffs. So I don't want to spend much time talking about round one, but there is not even a series, not even not not even necessarily a whole game. The last just, five tenths of the second of the game. <laughs> just the last, you know, I'll, I'll say the last two minutes of uh Oklahoma City Houston game seven. So in case you didn't catch this game, which is the highest rated game playoff game in like two years, so yeah. I imagine you did. Uh, it was OKC Houston, and these last two minutes took about forty five minutes. Uh, it feels like OKC had eighteen timeouts. Um, so I'll try to remember what happened and then talk about my biggest issue. So. OKC, they had the ball. They were down, what, two? Yeah. And uh, they caught a timeout. They're sitting there. They're trying to inbound the ball. Can't get it inbounded. And they go to call a timeout. And you think, okay, no big issue. They're going to call a timeout. Well, Scott Foster had other plans. Scott Foster comes around the court like he's Stone Cold Steve Austin, mid-1999, and was like, now, wait a minute. James Harden fouled on the inbound. Yeah. Which, if you look at James Harden, the correct call was a foul. But if you look at where Scott Foster was and where James Harden was, they were on two opposite ends. Uh, like Scott Foster was on the opposite side of the court from James Harden. So, he was. So I guess he just had that 3,000 vision to be that's, able to see that. That's my biggest gripe with referees. You're supposed to work as a team when one person calls the foul and then the official on the other side doesn't call the foul. And you have to come together and agree in air quotes on yeah. something Somebody's wrong. Somebody's yeah. right, and it never ends well like it's supposed to. Like these referees over here, like sitting here, like they're a debate team trying to figure out the yeah. call. It's like you, you're watching the game. You should know, but I'm not a ref. I, I can imagine how hard it is. So I'm just gonna be quiet now. And I think the funniest thing was Chris Paul could not. So at first, nobody knew what was going on. Yeah. And Chris Paul sitting there, he <laughs> is cussing the storm. He's hot. He's screaming at Scott Foster, and they're like, "Chris, the foul's on Houston." He was like, "Yeah." Oh, okay. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah, so, that's cool. That's hot. To make a long story short, they call a foul, right? And you're thinking, all right, they're going to send a CP3 to the launch with the free throw. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Schroeder. You know, for, for, he's first in the league in clutch scoring. You know, maybe you're going to send CP3 to the free throw line. And they send. Uh, Gallinari. They send Gallinari to the line. Gallinari <laughs> to the. Or sorry, I think he's like 32, 33, something like that. And. He bricked it. We're sitting there. <laughs> And we're watching the game, and I'm sitting on my phone. I'm like, that's Gallinari at the line. What are they doing? I, <laughs> and he bricked I, it. He bricked the shot. So now it's still a two-point game, yeah, two or three-point game. No, I think it was, it was a two-point two two, two two, game. Yeah, yeah. That would have cut it to one. one. Yeah, because I, cause yeah, I remember talking about um, even if they made a shot, I still had to make another one to win. So – and yeah. so he misses the free throw. No time comes up the clock because it's just uh, yeah. uh, one shot in possession because it was on the inbound play. So they they get the ball. They inbound. It goes to CP3, and he can't get any uh, movement. So they throw it to the rookie, <laughs> Dort, which 
Look, I'm not going to slander Dort. He had 30 points in the game. He had a hot hand. He was Luke doing, he was, stud. He was doing his thing on defense against Luke James Dort's Harden the whole stud. series. He was doing his thing. But out of everybody on that team, that's like that's who you're giving the ball to on that possession. You've got Gallinari, Schroeder, Shea Gillis Alexander, CP3, and Dort ends up with the ball on a catch and shoot three. I just that gets blocked by James Harden. Yeah. And then the, what's worse is Dort instead of just catching the rebound. And doing anything with it, because they still had a timeout at this point. They I think did. they had two. They did. They had one or two timeouts. They, they're they sitting there, and he tries to throw it off of James Harden. And James Harden was like, wait a minute, brother. I'm a four-time all-dodgeball first-team member. And dodged it. Right, late next thing you know, James Harden's in the air doing the splits. And I'm just sitting here like... Now I got to listen to James Harden the rest of the year, but it is what it is. And then they review it, and Dort was out of bounds before he even threw the ball. So they played the they played the foul game. Yep, and they call they had two timeouts. So they call mm-hmm. a timeout, and because didn't didn't they they missed one of the free throws? Yes, they did. Yeah, they missed one yeah. of the free throws. I think they missed the second free yep. throw. Yep, and then because then at this point there was um like. There was barely a second left on the clock. There yeah, was like there was five like, tickets to second on the clock. Yeah. And so they have they called timeout advanced the ball. And th- this is where I just I've never questioned Billy Donovan until now. They set up the play. Now keep run, in mind, he's got Shea Gillis Alexander yeah. inbounding the ball, who has struggled inbounding the ball all year. They set the play up. Play doesn't work. They use their last they use their last timeout. Go back, you're thinking, okay. Billy Donovan, he'll drop a nice little play. They're going to get a decent look. They run the same play. They run the same play. And the ball ends up in Steven Adams' hands at the three-point three line. line. Steven Adams at the – now, look, I like Steven Adams. He's pretty – you know, I don't got any issues with Steven Adams. He's a chill guy, whatever. He's not shooting a three to win this the game. This is who we're giving the ball – that's like, look, I was explaining to my dad the day after the game. And I was like, all right, say it's the 1992 NBA Finals. The Bulls are down two, and they need a three to win. They're not drawing the play up for Bill Cartwright, all right? They're just not. They, I I would have had not. no problem with Steven Adams getting the ball if it was a lot pass entry into the paint. Because he's got P.J. Tucker on him. He's got the height advantage. At least give him a chance. All right, so I kept seeing that screenshot and video of people on Twitter. It was like, oh, why didn't Adams just cut to the basket? Why didn't Adams just cut? P.J. Tucker absolutely 110% would have stole that pass. Because P.J. Yeah. Tucker, he is small. Look, did you see what he did to Anthony Davis and, James, and LeBron yes. James last night? Yes. Anthony Davis, I think they said posted him up like 12 or 13 times, and he scored zero times on him. The Lakers are going to have to change what they're doing. But PJ, we're going to talk about that P.J. Tucker would have stolen that pass. My thing is, how how have you not been able to get – this is the third time you've tried this play. <laughs> In two possessions, this is the third time you've tried this play. You can't get CP3 open. You can't get Shea Gill. Why is Shea Gill inbounding the ball? Yeah. Gallinari is a smart veteran. Have him inbound the ball. And, yeah. he's, and he's tall. Gallinari's a great player. He just can't shoot free throws. That's what we were talking about yeah. earlier. Like, it's, there's nothing against him. Like, Shaq give, can't shoot free throws either. Like, my, what, the lineup I would have trotted out for that last possession, I wouldn't even have Steven Adams out there. Yeah. I would have had Gallinari at the five, and then I would have had Dort, Shea Gilligas, Schroeder, and CP3. Somehow, someway, somebody's going to get open. Yeah. 
because that that would have drawn PJ Tucker to the inbounder. PJ Tucker's not he would have deflected that pass from Adam, but he's not gonna steal the inbound pass. Mm-hmm. And so whether it's somebody going backdoor, because that's the only paint presence they have. Yeah. So you draw that paint presence to the inbound line. And either somebody can cut back door because it's CP3. This dude can see every open mm-hmm. inch of yeah. the court no matter what. Or, like, anything but Steven Adams at the three-point line. So now i got to hear Houston fans talk about some, oh, Rockets in foe, Rockets <laughs> in foe, we going to win the title. No, you're not. You don't have Hakeem, all right? <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, I just, I don't get it. And this isn't the slander Billy Donovan's name or anything. No, like it's that. not. I'm not an NBA basketball you know, coach for the slightest. I've, I'm just a fan of basketball. I've never o- coached. Yeah, never. The, o- the OKC Thunder completely out exceeded expectations 110%. This team has nothing to be ashamed about. They went to game seven with the Houston Rockets. They completely overachieved and they, they have nothing to be ashamed of. It's just those last two minutes of that game really for the like like look I'm a Titans fan so the last time I was pissed off at a sports event was when we lost the AFC Championship game and on that night on Game Seven of this OKC Houston series I had to go to bed pissed off because of the sporting event I was just sitting there thinking I was like I I don't understand why CP3 didn't get the ball Uh, I I I don't either you know like I'm not a basketball guru and you know that. You know, I've seen some extremes that are like, oh, Billy Donovan needs to be fired, which that's the dumbest yeah, thing I've ever heard. No, Billy Donovan's not going anywhere. Yeah. You know, personally, I do think they should trade CP3, but I felt that way, win or lose, that they should have traded CP3, or they need to look into trading him. Which, did you see what he posted on Twitter after the game? I did not. It was like a farewell video. So... uh. So that that kind of makes me think that he he kind of knows that he might be getting traded. That's what I follow uh, King of the Fourth Quarter on Twitter, and he was talking about. Uh, I saw CP3 posted a video about it and watch it, and he said that CP3 pretty much posted a farewell video. So you know he may have been saying farewell to the bubble. He may have been saying farewell to the OKC, but um, I guess we'll find out. You know I. I, I do think that they should look into trading him because I don't think his uh, I don't think his trade value would be any higher than it is now. No, I agree. Because I don't I think agree. he'll be able to. Uh, I love CP3. He's one of my favorite players, but I, there's no way around it. The dude's old. Yeah. You're not gonna <clears throat> you're not gonna sell the farm to get an older point guard in this league, especially not now with the talented point guard in this league. Yeah, you know, because I mean. The it's a it's a Russian roulette with OKC because yeah. if they because let's be honest here, seven games in the first round with a higher seed is about the ceiling of this team. You know, flip the coin on the game seven, they may get to the second round, but they're not they're not making a title run. This yeah. team they're they've got negative cap space. Mm-hmm. They're not making a title run, and they're a small market team. So it's not like they can go break the luxury tax to be able to contend around CP3. That's fair. You know, it's a small market team, and its value is not going to be any higher. Now, if you ask about trade packages for CP3, that's a whole different story because you're going to have to do a lot of digging to try to find that. It depends on where CP3 wants wants to go. And I'll say this. If CP3 goes anywhere next year, I'd love to see him in L.A. with LeBron. See that, I, but it's they the LA doesn't have the yeah, stuff to. They don't have they don't have the, space. They don't have the cap space, and they don't have the acquisitions Assets. to trade. Yeah, but I just if you can get Braun a point guard, I love Rondo, love Rondo, but he's not 
Uh, I mean, Rondo's great for running the second unit. If you can yeah, get him a, a player. get the if you can have CP3 starting and let like I understand LeBron led the league in assists. If you let Ron actually go back to the three, that their that team is because he doesn't have to. They're already dangerous, but LeBron has to do so much right now to keep that team afloat. Yeah, he's got to do so much on offense. Yeah, energy wise. But I think uh, rumor came out that it was like the three teams that are looking into trading for CP3 would be the Lakers, the Bucks, and the 76ers. We're going Bucks. The Lakers, you know, like you said, it'd be, uh, it'd be nice, but they don't have the assets. They don't have yeah. the cap space. The Bucks, um, you know. I don't see the Bucks. I don't see the Bucks or the 76ers going after them. I, I don't think the Bucks will because, you know, is CP3. Uh, is CP3 that much of an upgrade over Eric Bledsoe? You know, I don't really feel like he is. You know, he bring, know. like CP3, of course, like his IQ is in a mess, but, you know, yeah. is that really what the Bucks? I don't think, I don't uh, think CP3 is what the Bucks need. They need something, but they need CP3. The Bucks need some The Celtics Sixers <laughs> are interesting, and I yes. actually think, I think OKC would probably be the team that would not want to do that because, yes. um, you know, they've got, so, for a CP3 deal to work, because he's making over $40 million for the next two mm. years on his contract. Yeah. For that to work, they would have to trade either Al Horford or Tobias Harris in that trade. Yes. Because Brett Brown, well, okay. Brett Brown is fired. Yeah, so, so maybe whatever he was doing doesn't matter I, now. I hope Tobias missed that job. At the beginning of the bubble, they were running Ben Simmons at the four. They yes. moved him from the one to the four. I think they had Shake Milton playing they did. the one. They did. So that tells me if they're content with putting Ben Simmons at the four, that they it would be possible that they would pursue a true point guard like yeah. Chris Paul to run the offense because they still need someone. Because Simmons is your guy that can take it in transition, but mm-hmm. you need somebody to sell that half-court offense, yeah. and that's what CP3 could do. For sure. But they would have to include that Tobias Harris or Al Horford contract, which are two of the top five worst contracts in the NBA. <laughs> and I just I don't see... OKC doing that. I don't think because I don't, I don't, I don't know how many years I don't know how many years are left on those deals, but it does either they they would end around the same time or a little bit later yeah. than Chris Paul. So if you know if that's all you're getting, then you got to make just sure ride Chris Paul out. If you're gonna trade him too, you got to make sure wherever if you're gonna trade for him, you got to make sure that he wants to stay too. Because I'm pretty sure he had a player opt out his last year. Yeah, his last deal, his last year is like a forty four million dollar yeah. player option. So. Which, make sure he wants to stay. Well, I, I yeah. honestly, no matter what, I think he's accepting that. You yeah, can have him in Charlotte. He's taking that player yeah. option. And see, that's that's what makes it so limited because I don't see a non-contender yeah. trading for him. There's no point. Because there would be no point because yeah. OKC is not going to give up. They're not going to give up draft picks to dump him. They're not going to mm-hmm. do that. So I think they need to look into trading him. Personally, I think they'll probably keep him just because I don't think the trade market will be there. Yeah, especially with the season – being extended yeah. everything and the offseason being messed up because, yeah. you know, we should be in the offseason right now. We should be getting ready to actually start, start the, the NBA. Yeah. yeah, so, but with the way everything is, I don't I don't know how the free agency market and the trade market is going to be in the NBA this year. I don't think it's going to be. Hawks trade for Giannis. Not, okay, I don't think it's going to be that. that yeah, um, he wants out of Milwaukee. Yeah, I, 
I don't know if the I don't know if Giannis wants out or if the Bucks want him out. I don't know at this point at because home. we're going just wait. <laughs> so now that I've gotten that round one out of my system, now it's time to talk about round two of the NBA playoffs. So the first series is the Houston Rockets and the LA Lakers. <laughs> so I'd like to note that my orig- so what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about what my original prediction was and what it is now because the game the series have already started. So, originally, I had Lakers in four. The Rockets won big last night, so now I got Lakers in five. Uh, I... <laughs> Lakers in... Yeah. It, uh, what they're doing does not concern me. Uh, Houston will get hot enough to shoot themselves into a win or two. Yeah. They're not beating the Lakers. They, they're not. They are not going to beat the Lakers in a seven-game series. It's just it's not going to happen. I fully believe the Lakers. Uh, the Houston's gonna go cold from three like they always do. LeBron is gonna turn up like he always does in the playoffs. And look, Anthony Davis has got to get it together. All right, he wants to be a superstar. He wants to be a big guy in this league. You can't let PJ Tucker bully you down what, low. What did I talk about last time? To beat the Houston Rockets, you cannot play their game. The Lakers tried to play their game last night. Play your game. Play your game. Yeah. They're going to hit shots. They're going to run the floor. You can't try to match them in small ball because you can't do it. They built the roster to, to play small ball. You you didn't build your roster to play small ball. You're not going to beat them like that. I saw an interesting stat that Anthony Davis had um, a much better plus minus when he was at the four last night than when he was at the five. I was just about uh, – so I follow Rob Perez on Twitter. And uh, he posted this because mm-hmm. he subscribes to a theory that I'm going to talk about and I agree with. Last night, per Kirk Goldsberry, P.J. Tucker defended Anthony Davis 26 times, and that resulted in zero points for Anthony Davis. So here's what I would do, and here's what Rob Perez uh, wants to do, which, you know, Davis, there's conflicting reports on how comfortable he feels with the four versus the five. That's whatever. If I'm Frank Vogel, I'm not looking for what comfortable. I'm yeah. looking to win. Yeah. So here's what Perez would do, and here's what I would do. Put Anthony Davis at the four. Put JaVel McGee at the five. Run Twin Towers, and it's the same thing. And, you know, the, nothing that I'm about to say is original. This is all from Rob Perez. Yeah. It's the same thing they did against Portland. Game one, they tried to run AD at the five, and Nurkic, you know, was fine with that, and Portland ended up winning the game. Then they moved AD to the four. They had to be guarded by Melo. And they moved JaVale McGee back from the starting lineup at the five. And it got Nurkic in foul trouble and stamina trouble. That's mm-hmm. the same thing you need to do with P.J. Tucker. Put JaVale at the five. Put Davis at the four. Because JaVale, like JaVale's not going to go give you 25 points a game, but he'll give you 15 rebounds. Yeah. And so if they want rebounds, they got to put P.J. Tucker on mm-hmm. JaVale. And that's going to leave, what, Jeff Green? The, I believe that's the power forward. So. Or is it Robert Covington? It's one of those. I think it's Robert Covington, which Robert Covington, I don't think can guard AD down low. And the perimeter is a different story, but I don't think he can guard him down low. Yeah. And if they and then if they put PJ Tucker on Davis, Javel's there with putbacks, and he'll have a double double in the first half. Yeah. You know, uh, I they cannot try. They cannot play into what Houston wants them to play into. Exactly. That that's the only way you're going to beat Houston. As much as I hate to say, as much as I despise Houston and their fans. You, you can't play their game. It's like paying the Patriots. You can't play their game. You're going to have to beat them playing your own game and yeah. get them uncomfortable. Yeah, you you cannot. Because, look, that's what that's what Houston does. 
Houston tries to have you put your biggest guy at the five mm-hmm. and feed him down low, but watch this Houston Rockets team. But you think you have an open entry pass to the paint, and then you, you got don't. four hands right there taking the ball before it even gets there. Yeah. There's a reason why James Harden leads the league in reflections yeah. and in uh, post-up defense. Yeah. That Rockets team has quick hands and active defense. No you doubt. have to play your game. You cannot play your game. But with that said, Danny Green, show up. <laughs> did you see what he said about Lakers fans? I did not. He was like, yeah, you little uh, you bandwagon Lakers fans. If y'all are mad at me, you're a bandwagon. Danny Green, this is your first year here. What? Nobody's bandwagoning Danny Green. All right? I'm going to go off on two tangents about this. Da- like Nobody is bandwagoning Danny Green. The first tangent is going to be real life, ready to go. I understand. The dude's getting bullied on Twitter. It's technically... It's not okay, and I understand how that has an effect on people's psyche and stuff. As a human being, I can realize how that messes with him. As a professional athlete, I just feel like it's your job to block out the noise and perform, but that's just my opinion. I understand how he's feeling about it and what's going on, but I just I, people are going to talk crap no matter what you do. Like LeBron's got three ways people still talk crap because I'm one of them, but it doesn't, like, it just... It's sports in general. You're going to, if you don't do what you're supposed to do, you're going to be talked about. Stay off of Twitter then. Look, you got a two-year, $30 million contract for one reason. That was a shoot threes. That's all That's all he's got to do. And he shot four of 12 from the field last night, two of seven. You deserve to be cyberbullied for that. I, all right? I just, I, I'm if not going to go that far. I just feel like. I will. <laughs> I, I'm not going to go that far. I just feel like. I, look, okay, bullying's not okay, but he's not an elementary school kid or a high school kid. He's just, he's a professional athlete. I don't, my biggest problem is why are you on Twitter in the first place? They're going to say everybody's on Twitter and LeBron's talking back at people and Scottie Pippen's upset and like, stay off of Twitter. Just, if, like, I have Twitter, I read stuff. Don't, like, you, you make millions of dollars playing basketball. Why are you worried about Twitter? Look, there are two people that Danny Green can be upset at right now. Himself for shooting like a dead tortoise from three. And KCP, his own teammate. Because if y'all recall at the beginning of the year, KCP was doing the same thing that Danny Green was. He got cyber bullied on Twitter and turned his game around. And now he's hooping. So, look, he's got to go to – look, all he's got to do, he's got to look at Caldwell Pope and be like, oh, man. Like, you turned your game around after you got cyberbullied. I should probably do the same thing. Like like Snoop Dogg said, man, shut the F up and go shoot threes. I, get in the gym. I, I got no sympathy for a dude making $15 million a year to shoot 4 of 12 from the field. It's not like they brought you in to be a defensive stopper. They didn't bring you in to be a six-man. They didn't bring you in to be a mid-range assassin. They don't ask you to run the offense. All they do is ask you to sit in the corner and hit your threes. You don't have to create your own shot. You don't have to do any – you don't have to run plays. If yeah. you watch a Lakers game, Danny Green sits in the corner, gets a wide-open pass from LeBron, and bricks it. And, and you can't even blame the fans because you're in a bubble. You're in a bubble. Make your shots. I don't feel bad for him. I feel bad for him in the retrospect of being a human being – playing basketball, but you got to, like, it's like you said, you got to make your shots. Like, at some point, I'm going to ask you to drop 30. Just drop 
Drop twelve. Make, exactly. Like don't. Like if you if you're shooting twelve shots a game, just make six. Yeah. Just make seven. Just shoot over fifty percent. Which I'd like to know. It's he's never done this before. He's always been a sniper making shots. He's never went this cold before. It's like I I don't like I don't like I don't feel bad for him because that's your job. You know I and like I get it. Sports fans can be ruthless, but. I promise you, I I got I've been told worse things at a cafeteria table in high school than what Danny Green's gone through right now. You know, it's not like people are showing up to his house because he ain't home. He's, he's in Orlando. He's in the you're at Disney World, bro. I don't I don't think cyberbully is the right word for it. Let's just call it peer pressure. He you're riding like go like, ride Space Mountain and get your mind clear. I don't. I, <laughs> Shouts out Ric Flair for I the just, one time. I th- I hope he's okay because I don't want the Lakers to lose because Danny Green wasn't making shots. If Lakers are gonna lose, I want them to lose straight up because I don't want them to have anything to complain about. But no, okay, no. Let me translate that. He <laughs> wants it to be LeBron's fault if they lose. I just, right? I he just wants it to be LeBron's fault. I just I don't I I don't know. I I hope he shows. Him. I really do. I hope he turns everything around. Bro. Yeah, I hope he we'll does see. too because he's paid fifteen million dollars a year to hit corn threes. All right, <laughs> where are we going next? Boston, Miami. Uh, we'll go. We'll stay in the West. We'll go Clippers, Denver. All uh, right. Look, my prediction was Clippers in four, and now it is still Clippers in four. <laughs> the one clip that sums everything up after Game Seven, uh, Scott Van Pelt was doing an interview with Jamal Murray. He was like, "So Jamal, you play, uh, you play the Clippers on Thursday, blah, blah. And Jamal goes, "We play on Thursday," and he just stared at the camera. He's like, "We don't get two days off." And as no, was like, he's like, no, no, you play Thursday. And he goes, he just sighs. He goes, well, we're going to try our hardest, <laughs> which was code for we're not winning and we're not going to win the game. I I don't think they will either. Look, just, did you I see what Mike think. Malone said about the bubble situation? Yeah. He So Mike Malone, they asked him about guests in the bubble, and he was like, he was talking about it. Coaches are not allowed guests in the bubble, which – doesn't make sense to me. I don't. I don't understand either. Referees are allowed a guest, and coaches are not allowed to bring a guest. Which, why are you letting referees bring Instagram? I mean, guests to the bubble. I, I don't get. Like you know, Scott Foster got a stripper in there. Guarantee it. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Yeah. Look, I I just I don't like nobody on Denver wants to be there anymore. They went seven with Utah. They're all exhausted. Mike Malone's pissed because he can't see his wife. Nobody wants to be there. And this was look, you a team that went seven with Donovan Mitchell, not not the Jazz, Donovan Mitchell, because that's all that team is. You expect me to think they can do something with the Clippers. Especially now that they got certified hood manager Patrick Beverly back. Hey, bro. Like they, bro got, calm down. they got calm they, down, they got bro. they got black Air Look, Force One back. Hey, don't hate Patrick Beverly back doing what he does, being a life. Yeah, yeah, Patrick Beverly. You want to hear stats for game one? Hey, hey, we asked for stats. Hey, we his asked stat, for energy. His stats game one. Four hard fouls, three screams, twelve claps. Hey, Zero all, productivity. That's all we need. That's why Lou Will come off that bench dropping. It don't matter, though. Lou, okay. See, now we're going on a side tangent because six men of the year got announced. <laughs> all right. First of all, Montrez Harrell won six men of the year. How does one team have two six men of the year? 
they, mean, you, they, they can't. Montrez Harrell was seventh man. Look, either him or Lou Will had to be seventh man of the year. Which one was seventh man? I don't know. You tell me. I, look, how you, you, a team cannot have two sixth man of the year candidates. And at that, sure, they come off the – they play starting minutes. They play more minutes a game than Kawhi does. They aren't bench players. They made a they made a mockery of this award. This was Dennis Schroeder's award. He got robbed. I, Dennis Schroeder plays starter minutes too. He plays like thirty three minutes a game. But but he's the only one coming off the bench at OKC playing thirty three minutes a game. Fair enough. But I I don't know who's six men. You tell me. I just find they come off the bench at the same time because they are always in a pair. So. I don't know. Wait, look, then I guess you should have given them co-six man of the year and they could share it in their hotel room together. I would have been fine with that. I, <laughs> I would have been fine with that. I had no problems with that. I just, I you already know how I feel about the Clippers. I think they're winning the ship. I just, I think they're heating up, ready to go. We're going to see what happens. I hope any team except the Clippers win. I, the way he hates Houston, I hate the Clippers. <laughs> I just... I don't get how you can have two six men of the years because you can't. I mean, you make a good point. I just I don't understand. I want to know how they calculate that. Like, oh, Lou Will got up first. He gets he's six man. Montrez is seventh. What if they got up at the same time? Yeah, Lou. It Will, brings up a great. Lou Will played twenty eight point seven minutes a game. Montrez Harrell played twenty seven point eight minutes a game. That was good for fourth and fifth most on the team. So I don't really get how their uh, bench players out here. I mean. They do come off the bench. If they're playing more than the starting backcourt for the Clippers. I, look, I, it's part of the system. Yeah, yeah, some system they've got there. They, um, it's working. <laughs> it's, for, uh, it's working. Yeah, okay. Uh, Dennis Schroeder got robbed. You cannot have two six-man of the years because one of them had to be the seventh man. And... Whatever. Clippers in four because they've had a cakewalk. <laughs> they had to injure Luka just to make it out of the first round. Okay. Here we go with this. Yeah, look, look, it's not my fault they had to injure Luka just to get out of the first round. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. It's not my fault they had to tear uh ligament or uh Chris uh what was it, his meniscus. It's not my fault they had to injure him to get out of the first round. It's not my fault. Get tough and get out the league, what you want me to say? All right, get all right. So, all right, <laughs> next, next time we saying? play, I'm gonna take a baseball bat to me and be like, hey, bro, shoot the three. That was no baseball bat. Yeah, have a baseball bat. Marcus right. Morris's hand practically is a baseball bat. All right, we're gonna go off on the table on Marcus Morris. Nobody wants to talk about it. The Lakers and Clippers were in a bidding war for him. So, if, if Marcus Morris was on the Lakers right now, he did the same thing. Oh man, Marcus Morris just doing his thing. It wasn't a foul, man. I can hear it now. But because he's on the Clippers. Oh, man, Marcus is a bad dude. Look, I'm not going to say to defend Marcus Morris. Marcus Morris definitely smacked that man in the head like three different times. And he did it on purpose. I'm not debating that. I just think the narrative would be flipped if he was on the other team. But I mean, you know, my narrative would be flipped. I'd tell him to give Marcus Morris a spot to <laughs> J.R. Smith. You I know think, how I feel about it. I think that's just, that's just my opinion, though. Well, look, Marcus Morris, if he played on the Lakers, he wouldn't be able to hit Luka because he'd be shooting two of 17 from the field like his buddy Danny Green. <laughs> yeah, I... Well, anyway, I got uh, I got Clippers in four. I assume you have the same. Yeah. Yeah. Most boring series ever. All right, next. All right, this will be the tangent he's going to be happy to go off on. 
Uh, we've got Milwaukee Bucks, Miami Boy. Heat. So, um, I had Milwaukee in five before the series started. I figured, you know, Miami, they had a nice, they swept uh, Indiana. That's cool. But, you know, Yonzi will come in and do his thing. You know, it is what it is. Jimmy Butler said, no, nah, I'm straight. I'm, I'm not going home. I don't want to nah. go home. I hate, I hate my family. Jimmy G. Buck is saying, uh, I'm here to stay. I got Miami in five now. <laughs> yeah, Miami currently holds I, a 3 nothing lead. I, I think they're going to sweep them. I, I think they may sneak. I think Milwaukee may sneak <laughs> one out. But I got I got Miami. Would you like to go first? I Look, I said on the last podcast, I thought Miami was a year away. I thought they were a year away. Boy, I was wrong. They yeah, I got a lot wrong last they week. They have came out gritty as can be. Credit to Pat Riley. Credit to Eric Sprocher, which I think I was watching first take, and they made a great point. I I forget who it was. It was between, it was either Stephen A. Richard Jefferson or Kendrick Perkins. Stephen A. was probably too busy talking about Steve Nash. Eric Sprocher is running circles around Mike Budenholzer right now. Yeah, and I never thought I'd say that. We all know Eric Spoelstra is a phenomenal coach. Budenholzer is a phenomenal coach. I would expect this to be a neck-and-neck race in the coaching battle, and it's not even close. Look, because, look, Coach Bud is about to get slandered, so let me just go ahead and put this out here first. I believe, was it last episode? that I? It may have been before we recorded. I frequently go off on a tangent about how the Hawks fired Coach Bud for Lloyd Pierce. Let me make one thing clear before, before anybody jumps on my case. Getting swept in the second round of the playoffs is still better than winning 20 games a year. All right, let me just, now that that's out of the way, I can happily and peacefully slander this man's name. Okay, so there are so many things fundamentally wrong with what the Bucks are doing in this series. So first of all, uh, has anybody seen Chris Middleton since the season shut down? Because I feel like the last time I saw that dude was like March. I you were like talking about uh, overrated contracts. That's yeah. That's I feel like them. I feel like that's the last time I've seen Chris Middleton was when there were fans in the arenas. Yeah. Um, Giannis, bro, what are you doing in the fourth quarter? Because it's not resembling basketball. It's not resembling basketball in the slightest. I don't know what this man is doing. It makes no sense to me. He, like, you know, when you talk about best players in the NBA, Giannis's name is always in the top three. Oh, if he gets swept, it's not anymore. And I feel like it's about time we have to talk about where he, you know, I think I was talking to you about this last night. It, say it was the Houston Rockets with the one seed. Mm-hmm. And James Harden was playing like Giannis was, the slander would be uncontrollable. Yeah. The slander would be uncontrollable, unstoppable. They would be on that man's neck. If LeBron did this as a one seed, everybody would be on his neck. Yeah. You know, I, whether you want to admit it or not, what you do in the playoffs has the most impact on where you get ranked in the NBA. Yep. That's why Kawhi can get away with doing whatever he wants in the regular season because you know he's going to drop 30 on you in the playoffs and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. With Giannis, it, it's the opposite. He, like, I don't know a better way. Giannis is playing like the DeMar DeRozan Raptors. They are coming out here, running through everybody in the regular season, 
and they just roll over dead in the playoffs. Miami is sitting there, and they looked at Giannis and said, you might have the ball, but you're not dunking. Yeah. You're not coming in the paint. Yeah, they've used they, everybody. They've used everybody on that roster from yep. Iggy to Butler to Olenek to um, Bam Adebayo, Miles mm-hmm. Leonard. They've or, uh, even Hero and Drogic and Dunn or Nunn. Wait, yeah, Kendrick Nunn. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Kendrick Dunn, Nunn. Yeah, it's one of those two. Yeah, I think it's Ken. I was thinking of Chris Dunn, uh, point guard for the Bulls. Yeah. You know, they've used everybody on this roster to basically tell to build the wall around Giannis. And that is the same thing. What Spoltra and Miami Heat did, they went and turned on the film of what Toronto did to Milwaukee yep. last year. Because Milwaukee won two straight games and then Toronto readjusted mm-hmm. and won four straight. They have looked at the film and said, okay. We are going to build a wall, and we are not going to give him that lane to the rim. Because once he gets going, you can't, you can't stop, stop him. him. It's, it's They're just not like letting him start. They're not letting him start. And they've at, I, and they've said, if you beat us, it will be anybody but Giannis. Yep, and nobody else will beat them, which yeah. you can make the counter-argument that how is it Giannis's fault when nobody else will show up? But I'd counter that and say, while that's true, you have to expand your game. It, you have to expand your game. I mean, if you're a top three player in the league, you score when people are scheming to stop you. Yeah. LeBron does it. Kawhi does it. Harden does it. Yeah. But well, he, Harden's not top three. Don't don't misinterpret that. But uh, th- you know, this is the point. You know, look at you know when you get in the playoffs and you look at LeBron, KD, Kawhi. Yeah. No matter what you throw at them, they're hitting their shots. Yeah. You're, and that's and that goes in NBA like Jordan, yeah, Kobe. That's you just know, that's NBA that's, history. That's NBA history. The best players, no matter what you throw at them, they're they're gonna beat you. Yeah, they're gonna and he has not developed his game. And I don't know what his issue is. And I don't know what Ben Simmons' issue is with them just not expanding their game to shoot. But you're gonna have to. I don't. I think I think it would help the both of them a lot. If they would not focus on a three point line and just develop a mid range game, yeah, because the obviously the three is harder to hit. You don't need to hit the three. While the extra points nice, you can still win shooting mid range. Look at Kawhi Leonard. Exactly. Kawhi Leonard's been shooting more efficiently from mid range, and he has layups in yeah. the playoffs this year, and they're winning. Like CP three, yeah. yeah. And but even then, you know, it wouldn't hurt to develop a three because I mean, if you're working on the mirror, you're working on a three too. You would think they just because I don't, you know, like I don't want to hear like, oh, like you don't have to do that to win. LeBron James changed his whole game to include a three point shot because he, he saw how the league was changing. Yeah, you have to be able to hit your threes to win. You have to make them at least respect the fact that you're going to shoot it. Exactly. You don't have to take it every game. Like I'm not asking Giannis to shoot 10 threes a game. You know, I'm not asking him to be Curry. Yeah. You know, that's that's not what I'm asking. I'm not I'm not even asking him to shoot three threes a game. Just shoot like four or five mid-range shots a game. If they fall, they fall. If not, at least they know you're gonna try to shoot yeah. it. They have to respect it. Because you. with the wall that they build, if you develop that three-point shot, you can just pull or even a mid-range, you can just pull up and shoot yep. and hit it, and then they can't build that wall anymore. Yeah. Because you can stop it. Because that, that's the only thing he's missing. He's got the size. He's got pretty good handles for a big. I, I'd say he's got great handles for a big. He can drive to the lane. He's I mean, he, the dude's dunking from the free throw line. Yeah. But I, it, he just needs to be able to hit a shot he consistently. He has to expand his game. Yeah. And 
on that note, you know, it's not completely his fault, but he can't go blameless. No, he can't. You know, if, people will pull out stats and be like, oh, he's doing his part. Well, basketball is more than reading the stat if, sheet. You if, have to watch the game. If the Bucks get swept, I, I don't know what's going to happen. He's not, gonna happen. I don't know if he'll get traded, but he's not going to sign an extension if he gets swept. I'm not sure what they're going to do if they get swept because are you really going to keep Middleton on that max deal? Who's going to trade for him? Uh, nobody. Yeah. Well, uh, honestly. Milwaukee, okay, Milwaukee could be faced with a situation here because yeah. if you get, say you're Milwaukee management and we honest come to you is like, I want to trade. I'm not signing an extension. I don't want to be here. Trade me. You don't have to trade him, but he's walking. Yeah. Chris Middleton's not going to do you, and he's not going to do anything for you. No. They'd have to rebuild. And if I'm Milwaukee, if Giannis, if Giannis comes to me and says, I don't want to be here, I'm not signing an extension, I go into full tank mode. Here, Here's what I would do if I'm Milwaukee management and Giannis says he wants out. I try to trade Giannis to whoever will give me the best offer. You know, I don't have any team. Whoever will give me the best offer, I'm trading for him. Mm-hmm. Then for Middleton, I'm calling up Milwaukee. Like, hey, they're not Milwaukee. If I'm Milwaukee, I'm calling up Philadelphia. Say, hey, we'll trade you Middleton. You give us Tobias Harris and X amount of first round picks, and we'll send you Chris Middleton. And I think they'd do that in a heartbeat. I think Philadelphia would do that in a heartbeat. Because they get off the Al Horford contract, they get a younger player in Chris Middleton who can spread the floor and shoot. Because that's Philadelphia's biggest issue. They don't have shooters. Yeah. Middleton's a shooter. So if I'm Milwaukee, I would absolutely try to do that. Yeah. But that's only if Giannis demands he wants out. I think we have to have this conversation too while we're on this topic. If they get swept. You've got a fire, bud. I, I don't know about that. I was going to say, is this... Formula for basketball dead. Get a big guy who can drive and have four triple shoes around him. I don't think anybody's won a title like that. Now that I think about it. Every successful title's had a mid-range shot. As much as people yeah. want it to die. Yeah. Every, every successful one team. of them. And every single Golden State team had it. Toronto had it. Yep. Uh, the Heatles had it. The Spurs had it. Yep. The Lakers had it. Yeah. I don't Seattle I, or not Seattle, uh, Boston. I'd love to see another team run it, but I Philadelphia can't do it. Milwaukee no. can't do it. it I, I don't think. I, I think the biggest issue might be mentality. Honestly, I, you're because I don't. Wrong. I don't think it's the scheme. I think it's the mentality. Giannis looks broke out there. I don't. Miami is broken. <laughs> You Which, know, that's credit to Miami, that team right there. Dude, I, I, I hope we get a um, Miami-Boston Eastern Conference Finals. Dude, that series would be ridiculous. Because uh, you know what Giannis reminds me of right now? LeBron in the 2018 Finals after game one. Yeah. Sure, he went out there and he was still dropping 30 every night, but he wasn't trying. He checked out. Yeah. He checked. He dropped 51 that first game they lost, and he checked out. Yeah. And he just broke mentally, and Giannis has done the same thing. He is broken mentally. Yes. Which, I, you know, credit to Miami, but I, right, I think they I, have to fire Coach Bud. I'm going to throw this out there then. So she was, I, I'm not going to say fire him. If you're going to rebuild, I'd like to keep him. If... You fire him, who do you bring in to coach? You could look at 
Well, it depends where they want to go. You can yeah. look at that's all. Uh, that's like what? Where do you go? Uh, the interim coach from Brooklyn. Yeah, I'd look at him. Uh, Ty Lue's probably getting the uh, Philadelphia Philadelphia job. job. I'd look at um, how oh, what's uh, the Nets coach that got fired? Uh, Atkinson. Yeah, I'd look at Kenny Atkinson. Or, and then you could look at him. Uh, you could look to bring back Jason Kidd, Mark Jackson. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Villanova's coach. Yep. You know, you just you got to go somebody young and see. Here's here's my thing with firing Coach Bud. So, what Coach Bud is doing now is not a shock to anybody because the same thing happened in Atlanta. Yeah. Which is part of the reason why we he kind of got forced out. Yeah. We had that 60-win season, met LeBron in the playoffs, and got swept because, yeah. look, well, one, we were never going to beat the Cavs. This is the fact we got swept. Coach Bud is a regular season coach. He does not make adjustments in the playoffs, and that was shown by last night in his press conference. He said playing Giannis and Middleton 35 to 36 minutes a game is pushing the ceiling. All right. Kyle Lowry played over 40 minutes in Game 3 against Boston. Kyle Lowry is 34 years old and a bum ankle and played over 40 minutes against a young Boston team in the playoffs because it's the playoffs and you have to do that. Bud is a regular season coach, and he doesn't want to coach a rebuilding. That's That's where the conflict came with Atlanta. We were rebuilding. We went to Bud and said, hey, we're rebuilding. And he said, I want out. And we now... Should we have tried to keep him? Should we let him go? Uh, probably not. But he's made it clear he does not want to coach a rebuilding team, mm-hmm. which, I mean, I don't blame him. But he does not want to coach a rebuilding team. So if Giannis demands out, that team's going to the lottery. Yeah. So he's not going to want to be there. He's going to ask his way out. He's not going to want to be there. Last last little point before we transition out of this. You buying any stock in the Warriors trading for Giannis? I, they do have the second overall pick now. If the Warriors call up Milwaukee and is like, I'll give you the second overall pick, this player and this player for Giannis, are you doing it? As much as I hate to say it, I can see it happening. There's a reason why they got Wiggins. Yeah. Because they'll put two Wiggins. They've got some nice young pieces that showed this year and Poole, Pachel. They've got young pieces. They've got Wiggins. They've got the second overall pick. I, I sadly I can see it happening. I, I can too. Because I, just, I don't think Milwaukee would want to trade Giannis to an Eastern Conference team. No, it's if I'm Golden State, I'm trying to make that trade unless you're just hundred and ten percent sold on Wiseman. No, God no. God no. There is no reality that I'm taking the second overall pick in this draft over Giannis. God no. I would package Wiggins. Any uh, number two, future first, I would send it all in a package to Giannis in a heartbeat. Because look, even without even, even without either two of them, the Golden State's contending next year. Yeah, I so God, no, I'm absolutely take I will absolutely take that trade for Giannis. Absolutely. I as soon as Golden State got the second pick, that's the first thing that came to my mind. I, I I absolutely think they're trying to make a move for Giannis, and if you're Milwaukee, you have to try. If Golden State gets Giannis. And dude, and we're right back where we started. Yeah, I'm gonna be pissed. As much as I love watching the Splash Brothers play, uh, okay, I was gonna say this: if Golden State gets Giannis, what are you doing? 
Because Curry's running the point. They'll put... Uh, they'll... I'd put him as a three. You I mean, put him he... at the three before Draymond? I'd put Draymond at the four. four? Yeah, I'd put Draymond at the I four. I know he plays four now, but I was going to say, if I, I was thinking about putting Giannis at the four and Draymond at the three. I'd do what they did with KD and put Giannis yeah. at the three and Draymond at the four. Because Draymond... Draymond's got the same issue with that Kuzma has. They've got they're yeah. not like they're not taller to be traditional four, but they're not athletic enough to be a three. Yeah. So I put Giannis at the three. And while I do think it would make the Warriors title contenders, it wouldn't be as overpowered as KD was because Giannis is not the scorer that yeah, KD no, is. He's not. Now look, Giannis would fit perfectly with Golden State because yeah. he plays defense as a team player. You know, like that's not the problem. It's just when K K D when he's healthy is the best scorer in league Ever. history. I mean, I'll take that to the grave. Seen. I'll take that to the grave. Which, but I, I absolutely think Giannis could be moved this offseason, especially if they get swept or lose in five. I can yeah. absolutely see it. I got you. But with that said, uh our last second round matchup, Toronto and Boston. So I originally had Toronto in seven, and now I have Boston in seven. Boston holds a 2-1 lead, and they're getting ready to tip off in about an hour and 15 minutes from recording time. Uh, I got Boston in seven. So I believe I talked about this last episode about how it wouldn't hurt them in the first round, but they don't have a go-to score. They Toronto does not have a go-to score, and it has shown they don't have anybody they can give the ball to and go go get me a bucket. Yeah, Van Fleet is streaky. Lowry streaky. Siakam, I don't I don't know where the dude went. I, he's he's in the boat in the alternate reality with March and with Middleton because I haven't seen either one of them in the bubble. They do not have a go-to score. And it's hurting them because yeah. Boston has that dude. Oh, Boston, yeah. Boston's got about three of them dudes. Yeah, they do. And it just happened to be Tatum right now, but yeah. they've got about three of them dudes. And that it it's it's hurting them because Ooh. you know it took a last second three from OG and Anobi to avoid going down three nothing. Boston should be up three zero. Yeah, you know, I, there's no old, doubt in my mind. Boston should be up. You know, I, the reason I picked Boston in seven is because plays like that can swing momentum yeah. heavily. And Toronto is a team that leans into that momentum. That yeah. They really benefit from that momentum. And so, you know, I I think Boston will win in seven because at the end of the day, they have the go-to score. Mm-hmm. Toronto, they, they need that guy. And, you know... And even if Toronto loses here, they do not need to hit the panic button. They do not need to start. No. They, they just have they have young guys that will develop and will blossom. Yeah, and sure. they can go get that to go to guy. I'll tell you, I don't think they should go get Giannis. I don't think they should. I don't think they need Giannis. Uh, not to say Golden State. I don't think anybody contending right now needs Giannis. It's, I just think it'd be a nice piece. Because a report came out that said Miami and or Miami and Toronto are the two leading teams if he leaves Milwaukee. I don't think he fits with Toronto because Pascal Siakam plays the same way Giannis does. Yeah. All the way down to, like, I've seen the memes on Twitter, and it's like Pascal Siakam in the clutch, and it's just the spin move in Madden. Because that, that's all. He just drives, spins, and throws it up. I don't, I don't necessarily like him in Miami either. 
I'm being honest. Yeah, I. It's weird because I don't like it with the personnel. I love seeing with Spolstra. It like no disrespect to Giannis, but Giannis just isn't the type of player that I would feel confident in to build a championship contender around. I don't know if Pat Riley wants because look to play with Pat Riley. We were talking. We were having this conversation the other day. You gotta have grit. You gotta play. You're gonna play defense. Yeah. And you're gonna get you like you're gonna die for loose balls. You're gonna do everything in your power to win. And it's been like that ever since Pat Riley got there. Yeah. I love Giannis. I don't know if he's doing that right yeah. now. Yeah, I don't. And I don't know if it's just the series because he looks defeated, or, or if it's overall. But you know, I I don't I don't know, man, because. It'd be a weird fit for Miami because they're already kind of weary on three-point shooting because they've got Nunn and Hero and yeah. Robinson. But outside of that, it gets shaky, especially at that wing position. You know, especially if you look at their wing depth, it, it gets shaky with the three-point shooting. He doesn't help that. You know, I I, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't either. I... Want to see a Boston Miami Eastern Conference Finals, and I no offense to Toronto. Toronto will absolutely be there. I just saw them last year. I want to see if Miami can make it out. I really do. I think because I I, I feel very strongly that Boston can make it out now. I I think Miami and Boston both have an even shot of winning the East. I think if it can't if it's a if it's a Miami Boston Eastern Conference Finals. Flip a coin. Yeah, I, know, I, I think I, I genuinely think that I think that goes seven. You know, genuinely, who, like flip a coin. Whoever wins wins because they've both got that mentality. Yeah, because Brad Stevens, you know, it's not as intense. The culture that Miami has is not as intense in Boston, but but it's, it's still there. there. It's still there. Uh, you know, I, I, I think that the biggest thing that's become evident from the series is all season you heard, oh, Toronto, like, look what they're doing without Kawhi. Look what they're doing without Kawhi. Now you're starting to see why they needed Kawhi. Yeah. Now you're starting to see because they're struggling. Yeah. They don't have that go-to guy. Because last year, when you got in a tight spot, you said, okay, give the ball to Kawhi, and no matter what, he made it. Whether it's a three, mid-range layup, it doesn't, fade away, it doesn't matter. He made it. Yeah. This year they don't have that same they don't have that same luxury they don't have that same insurance they don't because you know like I said it's a bunch of streaky guys yeah and when they're hot they're hot they're gonna they're gonna make their shots but you can't give the ball to Fred Van Fleet and be like all right was yeah. it was it game two I that, think I, yeah I think so if I know where you're taking this yeah um, so game two into the game was a close game and they. Get the, Toronto, I think Boston, like, missed a shot or something, and Toronto got the rebound, pushes it down the floor, does not call a timeout, and Fred Van Fleet just chucks a double-contested three that had no chance of making it. I think I caught the highlights of that. I'm not going to lie. With school starting and everything and going to work, I haven't caught a lot of these games, but I'm trying to keep up with what's happening. Just like I, pieces. You know, it's just like, if that's your plan for the clutch... You've tied issues. And, you know, Toronto, like I said, they're going to be fine. They 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 don't need a depending button. They just got to develop their young players. But they are missing that go-to guy. So that's what I, I got Boston in seven. I uh, think Boston will pull this one out in seven. I'll say this. Boston's here. 
They're yeah. gonna stay for a while. Tatum, Tatum's taking that leap, and so is Brown. And, and keep in mind, they're doing this without Gordon Hayward. Yep. Without Gordon Hayward. Yep. They're not even at full strength. Which, hey, look, you know what? I will. The only <clears throat> time you will ever hear me compliment Patrick Beverly on this podcast, Patrick Beverly's antics have made me hate Marcus Smart less. I don't know how it's possible, but uh, somehow I do not despise Marcus Smart as much because Patrick Beverly does more. It's like Patrick Beverly is a more intense version of Smart while being a worse player. But I have one one question before we transition to the NFL. You know, my bread and butter. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Yeah. I'm ready to go. Thursday is locked and loaded. I'm ready to roll. Lakers. Mm-hmm. I've seen people on Twitter going back and forth, and I feel very strongly one way than the other. I just want to see where you're at on it. You need two points to win a game. Who are you giving the ball to? LeBron or AD? Need two points to win? Yeah. Probably Anthony Davis. I don't I don't trust Anthony Davis to do uh, it. I don't. I don't man, I don't. Because I, I love I love this conversation. As much as I am a LeBron hater, I respect the hell out of LeBron, though. That's what people don't understand. I talk my stuff because it's fun. LeBron, LeBron's that dude. Like, there's nothing you can say to say he's not. And I, I love this conversation because people, you can make a genuine case that LeBron's the best player on the team or AD's the best player on that team. And I uh, think it goes both ways. I mean, it'd be flip a coin, but I don't. I feel like with how much LeBron, with how much energy LeBron has to exert on the defensive end and initiating the offense, yeah, I feel like late in the game, Davis has more energy and gives me the better shot of hitting a shot. He gives me a better chance of hitting that shot. That's fair. You know, and I guess it changes because it's a two pointer. It it really had to depend on the scenario and yeah. whoever the hot hand was that yeah. game because they take that's that's their biggest issue they take turns trading the hot hand they yeah they both got hot at the same time it'd be over but they haven't been able to do that yet. yeah but so before we jump in the nfl do you want to talk about the uh latest coaching hire in the nba and the issues that have arised with that honestly not really this is for a sports podcast let's go ahead and knock it out all right so the brooklyn nets uh, hired Steve Nash to be their next head coach for your deal. And what's most notable for this hire is it was led by Stephen A. Smith, who on first take was talking about white privilege in America and how Steve Nash being hired was white privilege. Uh, I'm not here to dispute white privilege. I'm not here to dispute that. I'm not here to talk about social justice issues or racial issues. I think it was very irresponsible of Stephen A. Smith to talk about such a serious topic in a scenario that did not fit it. I, you know, I get I'm a white man, so that's probably not my place to say that. But I saw a clip from Charles Barkley on Inside the NBA the other night. I think it may have been I saw it on, I think I saw it on Reddit last night where they they were talking about that, and he agreed with me. He said that. Uh, you know, there do need to be more black coaches in college football and pro football and the NBA, but this wasn't, this is not a case of white privilege. Stephen A argued that uh, Steve Nash has no coaching experience, which is fair. He doesn't. He's never been an assistant coach on a team before. 
and that he just got to get a head coaching job for his first job. And, you know, that was white privilege because there have been black coaches that haven't been able to do that. But when you look at the history of players transitioning to head coaches, there have been a plethora of coaches that have been able to do that. Mark Jackson, Doc Rivers, Derek Fisher, Isaiah Thomas, uh, Magic Johnson, they are all former players that have been able to go from playing right into either a front office or a coaching job with no experience in those scenarios because of what they did on the court. You know, this isn't some, you know, analytics guy that just, you know, got a degree and just got to get a coaching job. That's that's not what, you know, it's not like, Brad Stevens, who, you know, wasn't a notable NBA player, just suddenly got a Boston Celtics head coaching job. He had to work through the process to get it. Mm -hmm. And I agree with Charles Barkley. There does need to be more minority representation, but Steve Nash is not the example to use that on. Steve Nash was a two-time MVP. He is a top five to ten point guard of all time. He ran that money. because. They said Houston wanted or uh, Brooklyn wanted to run a seven seconds or less Mike D'Antoni offense. Mike D'Antoni got a first his first notable break in Phoenix when he was with Steve Nash running mm-hmm. that seven seconds or less. Where Steve Nash, similar to how Chris Paul does now, was the coach on the floor. You know, Steve Nash was a consultant with the Golden State Warriors during their di- during their run. He, you know. It was only a consulting job, so it wasn't like a coaching job, but he was a, he was a player development, player working, was coaching with them, whether he's an official coach or not. He's got that personal relationship built with Kevin Durant. Uh, Cleveland wanted to bring him in in 2015 to back up Kyrie Irving, and he chose not to because he because of health concerns. You know, this isn't just some bum that got picked up off. You know, it's not like Kevin Herter, who plays for the Hawks, just retired tomorrow and got the Brooklyn Nets head coaching job. You know, um, there's reasons why, because he brought up why Mark Jackson didn't get a call. There's a re- he said Ty Lue didn't get a call. Ty Lue's about to take the Philadelphia 76ers head coaching job. And my thing is, what has Ty Lue done without LeBron James as a head coach? You know, not to disrespect Ty Lue because, you know, he's going to get that 76ers job and he's going to be fine. But, you know, he had the benefit of playing with LeBron James. And I think that may have been his first head coaching job. Uh, you know, Mark Jackson, look, everybody, the the biggest misconception about the Warriors is Mark, they say Mark Jackson built the team and Steve Kerr just got to step in and take the job. That's not what happened. The team was underperforming and right when Kerr took over, they were winning championships. You know, Mark Jackson's coaching was a big issue with holding that Golden State team back. And you can talk to any Golden State fan and they'll tell you that. You know, like I saw something on Twitter that said uh, Mark Jackson's just Jim Bowling, Jim Bowling with Bible trivia and stripper issues. You know, I I do agree that I get where Stephen A was coming from, that there does need to be more representation. I get that. But I feel like it was lazy and counterproductive to try to use the Steve Nash scenario to push that point because it undermines the actual struggle that is going on to get that balance. As coming from the black side of this, I I have three main points. First things first, I'm exhausted. Just with everything happening in the world and 
eyes being open and then you have the other side where people just don't give a damn and then there's just I'm mentally and physically exhausted with that said I don't get a choice to just stop I have to keep going I don't it's not a great example of white privilege at all I agree with that I disagree with Stephen A when he said it live they came back the next day and he clarified it a bit to where he said Along the lines, I don't have the direct quote in front of me, but he was just saying that a black coach wouldn't have got that squad ready to go win a championship. That, I agree with. With that said, I, I agree with you. It's not a great example of white privilege yeah. at all. I think everything is misconstrued on national TV. Which, to be fair, I mean, it's national TV. Everybody's watching. But I think it was good of him to go back and clarify what he said. Because, like, that dude's my idol. Yeah. Like, I love that dude. Oh, yeah. I like, absolutely respect like, Stephen yeah, A. And, like, like, that dude's my idol. Like, worked his behind off yeah. to get where he is now. Love that dude. Like, if I could have a path of, like, yeah. a career that follows his, I'd like, be absolutely happy. Know, and, like, if I could talk to one person, I'd probably talk to him. Yeah, he, like, like, he's worked for everything he has. He deserves everything he like, has. I think it was great for him to go back and clarify what he said. I agree with his clarification. The first initial statement, I don't agree with. Like you said, we were, we were texting about it. Steve Nash with the Warriors. Yeah. You know Kevin Durant and Kyrie said, okay, let's do this. Yeah, that's what they said. It was Durant and Irving probably went to management yeah. and said, we want Steve yeah. Nash. And, you know, that's what – I didn't see that he re-clarified it. And to be fair – I feel like, you know, while Stephen A probably, his clarification probably more closely models how he actually feels about it. Yeah. You have to think, he gets paid to say hot takes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's what, you know, that's what a lot of TV reporter, like yeah. TV personalities will get blasted for their yeah. lack of knowledge. Or I guarantee, you know, Skip Bayless, Colin Coward, Shannon that, Sharp, they all, they all know what they're talking that's about. That's a phenomenal point. They have to say bold things to get people to watch their show. Just go out on a limb for a second. Like you said, you think Stephen A. Smith, Skip Bayless, Colin Coward, Shannon Sharp, all these guys, Max Kellerman, who has grown on me a lot, I'll say, with his new radio show and everything. You think these guys are stupid? No, yeah, no. Not they, in the slightest. They, 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 their takes, if I had to guess, do not model how they actually feel. They just have de- to say something. It's to a get debate headlines. show. Yeah. If they agree on something, yes, they agree sometimes, but I guarantee you in production meetings, they have to pick a side. You have to have something to talk about for two hours. Hey, hold on, hold on. Interrupt. We didn't boys. Sean Lee just went on IR. Ah, we didn't boys. Throw up the X, man. Throw up the X. Sean Lee. You know, the bro. X as in like, get a medic down here because he's on IR. I'm kind of mad. I got. I had to pick him up. Man, but like, that's another story. Um, you know, I... I think that's uh, a perfect segue to the NFL season. Yeah. So, uh, NFL Week 1. So, you know, we can just – we don't have to give a whole lot of commentary on a bunch of these games because, nah. quite frankly, a lot of them don't warrant it. This is going to be a take your pick, hot give a, give a hot take or two, and we'll get into the NFL season yeah. uh, next episode after the first Sunday of the season. So, uh, Thursday, we start off Chiefs-Texans, the annual first Thursday game to start the season. Mm-hmm. Um, Chiefs in a blowout. I – I, I, it'll be close for mm. about two quarters. Mm. They'll come out a half because because that Houston offense can that Houston offense can score with the best of them. 
that Houston defense could not stop a high school football team. Hyperbole, of course, they could. They could shut down any college team, too. Uh, and they could shut down Jacksonville. Uh, yeah, I got Chiefs over Texas in a blowout. The Chiefs will win. It'll be a lot closer than people think it's going to be. It'll be close for a while, and I think I, I think it'll be like a playoff game. I I don't I okay look if the Texans come out again and let Mahomes drop twenty four straight again, Bill Bryan needs to be fired on the spot. Yeah, he no, should have been fired no, a long no, time ago. Right, so no, all right, no, hold on, let me clarify. <laughs> I meant as far as going back and forth for yeah, the majority yeah. and then pulling away. Um, the Chiefs are obviously the much better team, but if you look, if you look historically, a Super Bowl champion usually has a letdown this week one game on Thursday. But so there has never been a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes before. Fair enough. That's why I'm picking the Chiefs to win the game. I just think it'll be closer than people expect. Don't get me wrong. I don't like the Texans. I'm the actually foul Titans. Like I don't. I, don't, I mean, I, I don't like the Chiefs either because they beat us. I hope the Texans lose <laughs> badly, uh, but we'll see what happens. Uh, as that, much as I don't want to see Deshaun Watson for the next four years, shout out on him signing that deal. Oh, you think he won't get traded two years in that deal? Just wait. I, just dude, wait. get traded for a bag of Doritos. Yeah, he'll get, he'll get traded for a conditional seventh-round pick. Dude, I, just, I can't with Bill O'Brien. I think, Bra- I think Brady will retire. He'll call up Tampa Bay and be like, hey, give me LaShawn McCoy and a, and a seventh-round pick, and Deshaun Watson's yours. Just being a fan of a team in the same division, I'm grateful for Bill O'Brien. Yeah. <laughs> I hope he keeps his job forever. Yeah. Uh, next game, Bills Jets. I think it'll be Bills. Uh, I mean, I feel like this will be your typical AFC like whatever game. Like I don't really care. This is your typical AFC East. Yeah, like I don't care. Uh the Bills will win. Uh, one little side note about the Jets. The Jets aren't going to win anything until they fire Adam Gase. They won't. That's just. I feel, I feel bad for Darnold. Yeah. You know, Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen were my two favorite quarterbacks coming out of that draft class, mm-hmm. and they've both been screwed over the most. Yeah. Because Josh Rosen got released today. Yesterday, yeah, today, yeah, actually. Yeah, he got released by the Dolphins, which is a shame because he's never had a team prioritize him and try to develop him. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I feel bad for Darnold and Rosen. They've never gotten a fair shake. Mm-hmm. Adam Gase is a quarterback killer. The only quarterback that's ever had – the only reason he has a job is because Peyton Manning had a great year under him, which I hate to tell everybody. Every team Peyton Manning was on, he was the offensive coordinator. Yep. Sure, they had a hired <laughs> offensive coordinator. He was there to call run plays. Yep. Peyton did the pass game. Yep. And anybody will tell you that. But yeah, I think Bill's a win. I don't think it'll be a close or interesting mm-hmm. game. Uh, Vikings-Packers. I think Minnesota wins. I agree. I, I think Minnesota's the better team because they got they traded for uh Nguake, right? Mm-hmm. So they've got him and Everson. Wait, no, Daniel Hunter. They've got him and Daniel They got Hunter. all three of them. No, they uh hey. Everson and Griffin got released. Did they really release him? Yeah, they released him early in free agency. I don't think I can't remember if he's I don't think he's signed or he may have signed with Seattle. He might have. I'm pretty sure. I know he got released. I don't know if he's signed. Yeah, I was hoping the Titans would lose. Oh, there. that's right, because they were talking Cowboys. about the Titans picking him up. That's right. We them boys. I apologize. But yeah, they've got Daniil Hunter and the Guake. Um I just don't I don't like Green Bay's team. They've I, got Rodgers and that's it. And even Rodgers has been well, all right, I don't I don't think it's fair to say Rodgers has been regressing because I don't think Rodgers is the issue in Green no. Bay. It's Matt LaFleur yep. who sucks. I'm just just wait. I dude, I, I'm fi- I'm just wait. <laughs> Let me say this right now. The Packers were the worst 13 and 3 team ever. 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 Because they, they beat 
Because they got the first round by, right? Yes. And then they beat... They? Yeah, they did. And they beat Seattle in the second... Yeah, they beat Seattle in the second round because Jimmy Graham caught that like fourth down. And they got dog stomped by San Francisco. And they got dog stomped by San Francisco. So, here's my thing with Green Bay. Malafleur got hired as the coach of the Green Bay Packers when he was in Tennessee. So, we saw him for 16 games running the offense. The Titans were 27th in the league in offense with Matt LaFleur. And he gets hired to be the head coach of one of the most storied franchises in NFL history. Not to mention the greatest quarterback we've seen since, greatest talented quarterback we've seen until Patrick Mahomes got here. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I... Don't, don't get me wrong. The Packers roster is... Like, they refuse to help Rodgers. Uh, yeah, which baffles me. Guess. Because, look, you got a defense. They proved that last year. They yeah. have some kind of defense. I mean, Blake Martinez is a stud. That's that Madden stud for life. Um, Preston Smith and uh, his brothers and Darius, they, I mean, they're studs. They run yeah. the heck out of that 3-4 defense. I just I don't understand why you draft Jordan Love and then you draft um, Boston College running back. Ooh, I know his name. They drafted a quarterback and a running back in the first second round of the draft. What yeah. are what are you doing? And then uh did you see the wide receiver they released today? I can't remember his name, but uh they asked Rogers, I think his nickname his nickname was like Touchdown Jesus. And they Ooh. asked Rogers yesterday about uh who they think who he thought was gonna stay on the team. And he he listed four wide receivers that he thought were guarantees to make it out of cut day, and he was one of the four. So why are you cutting a wide receiver that your that your quarterback likes? I just I don't understand. Like I don't want to. I just I don't get why they refuse to build around Aaron Rodgers. I've I've said this since they drafted Jordan Love. Aaron Rodgers will be gone next season. I think he's gonna leave. Where's he going? Jake Kumaro was his name. Where's he gonna go? I would absolutely love to see Aaron Rodgers in Chicago. They're not trading to Chicago. They won't. That's the last team. I would. would I would love to see it though. That's the last team he'd get traded to. I don't. I don't know where he would go because it's we had a conversation last year. There's more quarterbacks than there's (laughs) demand for him right now. (laughs) New England. (laughs) I'm not even gonna go down that bridge. I'm about to get real pissed off. They got Cam. They don't need Rodgers on a one year deal. (laughs) Fair enough. We'll right. cross that bridge when we get there. So we got the Philadelphia Eagles and the Washington football team. Uh, so I think a football team will win this game. Uh, I think Eagles beat Washington. I, you know, I think the the only question mark that's coming out of this game is does Carson Wentz make it the whole game? That that's the only question mark I got. Uh, yes, the Eagles are going to win big, and I want to actually. I'll tell you that back. The Eagles will win. Washington's defense is going to be scary, and I want to see Chase how Young. how Jelaine Haskins does. Yeah. I want to see – I have no doubts about Chase Young. I think that – Dwayne Haskins should team. tear up that Philly team because I, they never have a defense. Yeah. Everybody gets hurt. I, I genuinely hope Dwayne Haskins flips it around. And, oh, can, and can I think Ron team. Rivera will help him. Yes, there. I do. I think that's the best – getting Ron Rivera is the best thing that could have happened. That, that Redskins defense is going to be something else. Not to mention McLaurin. He's got McLaurin to throw the yeah. ball to. So, I think – 
Washington, don't get me wrong, they're still going to finish like 4-12. Yeah, they're still going to be a bad team, but they're going to make progress. They're yeah. going to look better. Yep. So, next game, uh, the two most overrated teams, well, two of the top three with the Cowboys, the most overrated teams in the league. we got the Baltimore Ravens, the Cleveland Browns. Um, big trust. I think Baltimore, whoa, I think whoa. they'll. King Henry in the flesh. Yeah, I think Baltimore will beat Cleveland. Um, I do Cleveland, you know, I I personally believe that, you know, they got all the talent in the world, and I don't blame the talent for underperforming last year. I don't think Freddie Kitchens was a good hire at all. Now they've got a new coach. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how the teams with new coaches will mm-hmm. be, considering coronavirus really changed the offseason and yep. all that. Um, I think Baltimore's got more stability. They know yeah. what they're running. They've got Lamar. How just got a paper cut? Um, you know, whether he can show up in the playoffs or not, different story. But they've got Lamar. He's an MVP for a reason. You know, sure, they don't have Earl Thomas, but yeah. if you speak to anybody that watched Baltimore, they upgraded by getting rid of Earl Thomas. Yeah. Uh, I think Baltimore wins this one. Ravens win. Hot take for the season. The Browns make the wild card. Uh, I could see it. Well, I, I actually... Uh, I, see... I was going back and forth on this. The Ravens are going to win the division. The Steelers' I defense. You could see Pittsburgh winning the division. The Steelers' defense is the best in the league. And now they have Big Ben back. That Big Ben and Deontay Johnson took that step next year. Which, if he can, if he can mirror what AJ Brown is doing in Tennessee as far as being able to take that step to wide receiver one and letting mm-hmm. Juju be wide receiver two, where he's more comfortable. They won't skip a beat. I think I think the Browns are going to be a lot better off this year because we haven't heard anything about them this offseason. Yeah, They're actually true. working and not worried about the media. And I think that'll help Baker a lot. Yeah. I've always said this. Baker's a phenomenal quarterback. He just won't show up. He's finally showed up. I think he'll I think he'll take a huge step this year. And Odell, if he's healthy, he'll do he'll be great for them. Yeah. Because with hiring um What's his name? Kevin Stefanski. Yeah. They're going to run the play-action offense, which is where Baker thrives. So, I think they'll be a lot better off this year. Not to mention Miles Garrett's backfield to keep his helmet on. We'll be fine. Yeah. I, think, and, I think they'll do a lot better this year. I really do. Uh, I think and their offensive line will be better because they yeah. targeted that in the draft. And they got Jack Conklin, who, mm-hmm. I mean, let me make something clear. Conklin, I think, is a little overrated. I think he did get overpaid. I got nothing but love for Conklin as a Titans fan. Yeah. But, um, you know, he's a phenomenal. Like, Nick Chubb will thrive on yes. that right side because he's one of the best run blockers in the league. But I think he starts to dip into below average on pass block. He but that play action will be block. fine. That'll help him out. And they got Austin Hooper and yeah. David, Nagu- uh, David Njoku. So. They have an embarrassment of riches on offense. Yeah. I, I think they will compete for a wild card spot. I don't think they're going to compete for the division yet because Pittsburgh's, Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh. And, I mean, they won eight games with nobody at quarterback last year. Yeah. So, I think they'll be okay. Yeah, even if Ben Ben is just a show himself, they'll win ten games. And that, I think Big Ben will bounce back. I think he'll I be have, fine. I have nothing against Big Ben. I don't know what he's going to do with his receivers. See, that's the thing. Deontay Johnson took that step last year. Yeah, he can be that wide receiver one and let Juju be wide receiver two. Yeah, and 
they'll be fine. And they've got um, James Conner. James Conner and Billy Snell yep. in the backfield. So I, I think they'll be fine with big – like you said, they were competing for a wild card spot with Mason Rudolph yeah. and Duck Hodge yeah. competing for quarterback. I, the Steelers will be fine. Back, I much think they'll it, be fine. much as it pains me to say – I'm looking forward to the NFC North and the NFC, the AFC North and the NFC West this year. I yeah. think they're going to be the two most competitive divisions in football. All right. So uh, next we got the Colts and the Jaguars. Uh, not much to say. Not much to say. Colts by like thirty. Yeah. The, even with Philip Rivers, the Colts are going to win. Jags are in full. We're trying to get number one overall pick mode. So and look, everybody knows like. You know, in the NBA, you got Hoodie Mellow, Black Mask LeBron, Untucked Shirt Kyrie. In football, you got September Phillip Rivers. Yeah. Uh, so you got I, Phillip, you got September Phillip Rivers. Colts by a lot. Yeah. Uh, I did. I need the Jags to not get Trevor Lawrence because I don't want to see him for the next fifteen years. But uh, that's hey, don't story. worry, bro. Gardner. That's Gardner another, Mania, bro. That's another story for Gardner another Mania. day. Uh, so then we got the Las Vegas Raiders mm-hmm. uh, making their debut. New City. I don't know if it's a home game. I can't remember. I don't think it is. They are the Las Vegas Raiders now taking on the Carolina Panthers. I got the Raiders. The Panthers, they went out and they signed Bridgewater, which really doesn't make sense to me because I don't think Bridgewater is that dude. Like, it would have been different if, like, say, New England or somebody that had a roster built would have picked up Bridgewater. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think Bridgewater is going to do much more than what Kyle Allen did for the Panthers last year. You know, yeah. I they've got McCaffrey, they've got DJ Moore, but they've got Ian Thomas, my tight end, mutt legend. <laughs> hey, now look, let me you know, let me if be, you know, you know. Let me be very clear. I only know Ian Thomas because we were playing uh, mutt squats, and this dude's like seventy-two overall tight end in mutt, and he had like one hundred and sixty yards in the game for us. Yeah. So that's my dog for life, right there. Ian Thomas is my dog for life. But Panthers, they're in a weird spot. Um, I could. <clears throat> You know, you would think that – because I think they'll suck this year. You would think they wouldn't target a quarterback early because they just signed Bridgewater. But if they suck, I feel like they kind of have to look into it. I want to see them trade for Rosen. I want to see Matt Rule try to develop Josh Rosen. I I want to see Josh Rosen sign with Pittsburgh. I want him – because, you know, he I think he cleared waivers. So yeah. he's got a free shot to sign wherever he wants. I want him to sign with Pittsburgh, sit behind Big Ben for because he's he's better than Rudolph. He's better than Doug Hodges. Yeah. You know, I don't know if he's better than Josh Dobbs, but uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh I want him to sit behind Ben, mm-hmm. sit with Tomlin, and take that team over. As much as I hate Pittsburgh, that's the most ideal spot for him. But yeah, Panthers, they're in a weird spot. I don't get why they signed Bridgewater. I don't think it'll help them all that much. And I got I got the Raiders winning this one. Raiders win. I got nothing for love for nothing but love for Teddy Bridgewater after that knee injury. I hope the dude does great, but I don't see it making much difference. McCaffrey is that team. Um, their defense. I, I think the Panthers are heading in the right direction. They're just not there yet. The Raiders aren't there either. They're in what year four or five of this ten year rebuild with John Gruden, or is it year uh, three? Maybe it's year three. I think it's year two. Is it man? Maybe my time's just way off today. Because I remember uh, his first draft. His first draft was when they had the fourth overall pick, and he took Clint Farrell. Right. That's right. It it might only be the second year. And that was the twenty nineteen draft. Yeah. So all right, my bad. I'm off today. Need to do my research. But they're still in this rebuild. I think the Raiders will be right about where they were last year. Yeah. I love Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs is not going to win you football games. Yeah, wide receivers aren't going to win you football games. I just. 
But I understand why Gruden did it because he, in his office, he needs that guy. Yeah. I, I understand why he took him. I really do. People were dogging the pick. I think it's a great pick for the Raiders. I really do. But the Raiders will win. Panthers are – they're going to finish last in their division. Yeah. But I, the Panthers, they don't have that guy yet, and I don't think they'll do anything until they do, which absolutely sucks for McCaffrey. But he got his bag, so he's chilling. So speaking of teams that don't have that dude, the next game is the Chicago Bears and the Detroit Lions. All right, before we get started, does Mitchell Trubisky – did Nick Foles regress, or, or is Mitchell Trubisky just better now? Nick Foles regressed this dude. Look, like Fair I said, like I said I last just, night, Nick Foles, when he left in free agency, was like, I'm taking my talents to Jacksonville. And Doug Peterson said, you're taking your body to Jacksonville. Yeah. I'm keeping your talent. This dude sucks when he's not in Philadelphia. You know, if – if Chicago plays Philadelphia this year, then you absolutely have to start Nick Foles because he'll go for 500 <laughs> yards. Yeah, but nice. um, the Bears, God, every day their decision to draft Mitch Trubisky just looks worse and it worse. Just, it, it'll haunt them for uh, life. The Lions, want, they're another team that they're in purgatory. They're not good enough to bottom out. Well, didn't they have the third overall pick? And they took Jeff Akude? The Lions, yes. yeah, Kuda, yeah. So you know they're in a weird spot. Um, I still don't think this roster is good enough to compete or even close to competing. Uh, they've got Stafford back, so that's good for at least six wins a year, but that's not going to do much for you. Yeah. Matt Patricia once again is just there. Doing he'll he'll beat the Patriots if they play this year. Yeah, but yeah, they'll beat New England, but beat the Patriots. That's but about it. They won't uh, do anything else. I got Lions over Bears. I don't think it'll be close. <sighs> Lions and Bears. I why not? I'll take the Lions. I don't I I don't know what to say about this game, if I'm being honest. Uh, it's kind of similar to the Bills and Jets and Colts Jags. Like, I who just, cares? I Matthew Stafford is I hope he can stay healthy because he was off to a heck of a year last year. Mario Jones is that dude. Kenny I don't. Galladay. Kenny Galladay is that dude. I don't know what else to say. I think that's where I'm gonna leave it because I don't. The Bears. I the Bears need a clean ship and start over. But yeah. you didn't hear that from me. Uh it's uh, there's a huge theory in football that if you lose on a last play, you're never going to get back. The Seahawks haven't back the Super Bowl, and the Bears lost on that double doink and haven't been back since. Yeah. So I mean, they make some points. I I just I I think Chicago needs to clean ship and start over. But yeah, I don't want to disagree with that. I I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, I, they're in a bad spot. Yeah, they're in a bad. And trading for Nick Foles didn't make it any better. Not to mention they. Yeah, even if they get rid of Foles, they still got to pay him. So yeah, that, it's still dead cap. So I think my next game is probably my first upset of the season. It's the Atlanta Falcons and Seattle Seahawks, and I have Atlanta winning this one. I, you know, Atlanta they got in a weird spot last year. Had a lot of defensive injuries. Um, they had to like stage a sit in to keep their coach from getting fired, which I think that speaks to what Kylo Quinn means to that team. However, uh, if they underperform this year, he's gone. They can't save him two years yeah. in a row. Uh, they've got all the offensive talent in the world. Right. Seattle, they did trade for Jamal Adams, but still, this team, it does not make sense what they're doing to me. They don't have offensive linemen. They don't have pass rushers. They reached on Daryl Taylor, who, huge Tennessee fan. I love Daryl Taylor. He's not a second-round pick. They reached on him. Jamal Adams, 
he he's not gonna fix the problems you have on this team. You know, I love Jamal Adams, best safety in the league. He's not gonna fix your issues on this team. But um I think Atlanta's firepower would be too much for Seattle. And I think I think Atlanta will win. That's Seahawks. Win by field goal. Um I'm with you on the Falcons. I'm very high on the Falcons, but I was I've been high on the Falcons every every year since they won the Super Bowl, and they always let me down. And like so, you said, and they haven't so, been back since. So I they got all the offensive talent in the world. They should be able to drop thirty a game with ease. I I don't know. It's like, just unfortunate. The Seahawks the they're gonna Jones. win because of Russell Wilson. The the Seahawks are they're they're that team that you don't know how they're there. But they're always there. Yeah. 12 and 4, 13 and 3. They're always there. And it's just like, all right, Russ, do what you do. Yeah. And I mean, they're fun to watch. I mean, it's always a close game. Yeah. And Russ is always leading them on a drive. So don't take Russ as your fantasy quarterback because it's an unneeded heart attack every <laughs> I just, single week. I this is one of the more interesting games of the year. I well, the first week. I think we get this game too. Looking forward to watching. I want to see how Gurley fits in in Atlanta. I want to see if he can stay healthy. But other than that, I got Seahawks by field goal. I think it'll be a great game. Maybe the best game week one, honestly. Um, no, no, the Bucks and the Saints will take that. So I, I don't know if you could. I, I guess this would be considered an upset. Um, the next game is Miami, New England. I think Miami wins it. I do too. Because they said Tua and Fitzpatrick are still battling for the starting job right now because Tua is still rehabbing from his uh, – I think Fitzpatrick will start. I think Fitz will. And like I said, you've got Hoodie Mellow, Untucked Jersey Kyrie, September Phillip Rivers, and September Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. This dude for the first four <laughs> weeks of the year is the greatest quarterback in the NFL yeah. and then drops up a bridge. Yeah. So uh, I think he'll start due – Mitch fat or Fitz magic things yeah. for about three weeks and they'll put two in. I, I think, I, the, I think yeah. they'll be New England. I think the Dolphins win. This is going to be another close game. Yeah, um, this can go either way. I think the Dolphins win. I, dude, I have so not. I have so much respect for Belichick. I have so much respect for Brian Flores, though. I think Brian Flores, they, off the top of my head, is probably the best coach in the league to come like, from under the Belichick tree. They just like they. They had no business winning five games last yeah. year, and they did. Like, <laughs> and Flores finally looks like a dude that coached under Belichick that went on his own that will actually succeed as I, a head coach. With Tua, Devontae Parker, they've got Xavier Howard, and they traded for another corner. I forget um, his name. Dude, I, I should have brushed up before. I'm a little rusty. Yeah, I know, I know you're talking about. I can't remember his name. I, I think the Dolphins, the Dolphins are rebuilding how you're supposed to rebuild. They have a tackle. They're getting their secondary right. They've got a new quarterback. Two will be fine with the rehabs, I think. They've got receivers. I think they'll be good to go. Um, but we'll see. So the next game, um, and really the who cares game of the week, it's the L.A. Chargers <laughs> and the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, in my sports media class, we got to arguing about how many games the, the Bengals are going to win, which I dropped the uh, infamous quote, AJ, I play two games a year green. Yeah. Um, I had the Chargers winning this one. Tyrod Taylor, I don't know what to expect from him, a quarterback, to be I completely either. honest. I don't know what to expect because they said Tyrod will be the starter. They've still got Eckler. Yep. They've still Eckler got Keenan Allen. Stunned. They've got – Eckler say, carried you in fantasy last yes, year. Yes, he did. He carried me all the way to the ship, baby. Um, <laughs> got Keenan Allen. They've got – um. Uh, who was that dude they drafted from Clemson in the same draft that we took Corey Davis? Oh, 
Mike Williams. Yeah, Mike Williams. They've got Hunter Henry that they brought back. On the defense side of the ball, they signed Chris Harris. They got Chris Harris to go along with with Casey Hayward. Unfortunately, Derwin James is out six to eight months. Dude, I feel terrible for him. I feel so bad for him. Because dude was going to be a defense player of the year candidate. Yeah. And... He's one of the best safeties in the league when he's healthy. He he's just had issues healthy. staying healthy. Yeah. That pass rush is still just as good. They've got Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa. They're going to do their thing. Uh, Cincinnati, under Burrow, you know, they do have a lot of – they did have injuries last year. They will have them back. Uh, with that said – They're nowhere they're, near ready to Yeah, win. they're not ready to rock. They, you know, Joe Burrow will help them out. They will yeah. improve their win total from last year, but they're still going to be a bottom feeder. They're in the same boat as Miami for me. They're rebuilding how they're supposed to. Yeah. They've got Jordan Williams at left tackle – they got the quarterback. They got him a weapon. They're working on the defense. The defense yeah. is a little bit older, but they're working on it. They're doing what they need to do, but they're not winning more than four games, in yeah. my opinion. So next game, this actually, I, I, this actually, this is an upset too. It's Arizona and the 49ers, and uh, I have the Arizona Cardinals winning. I don't hate that at all. I, I really don't. You know, everybody made fun of for. Or, Arizona for uh, their coaching hire and how, oh, you know, Big 12 spread offense can't work in yeah. the NFL. It looked pretty dang good last, last year. year. Um, they and got Isaiah Simmons to help up that defense. They got Kyler Murray, Kenyon Drake, Larry Fitzgerald, DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Don't forget, they traded for him. They've still got the sack leader, Chandler Jones. Or, well, not sack leader, Christian but one Kirk hired running down there. the field. Christian Kirk. I fully have faith that this team can push for a wild card spot or even the division this year. I think they take that next step. Kyler Murray, he was not deserving of rookie of the year, but he is a phenomenal young quarterback. He will be absolutely fine. I'm, if I played fantasy, I would target him. Yeah. Um, you know, he will be fine. I absolutely love what Arizona's trying to build down there. Mm-hmm. It's working. There were doubts if it could work in the NFL, and it's working. Yeah. They've got their personnel. They've got their scheme, and they're running what they want to run. Um, you know, the 49ers, this is nothing to take away from the 49ers. They are obviously – they've got that defense. You know, they dra- They traded away Buckner and then drafted his replacement in the draft, which was smart. Saved a lot of money there. Uh, they've got Nick Bosa, Armstead, um, I do hate San Francisco because they cut my boy Jawan Jennings this morning. <laughs> it pissed me off. Yeah. Uh, I think they said Debo Samuel. They just uh, activated they, him from yeah. the injury list, so he'll be back. You know, my thing is I have questions <laughs> if this team can win a shootout because they couldn't in the Super Bowl. You know, this team is not built to get in shootouts, yep. and Arizona is built to run and gun. Yep. So I could see after a long offseason coming off the Super Bowl high, I could see Arizona coming out and beating them week one. I I don't hate it at all. I'm taking the 49ers. It, it's going to be very, very, very close, though. I wouldn't be shocked off the Cardinals win, not in the slightest. The Cardinals' strength is their receivers. The 49ers' weakness is their secondary. Yeah. So I, the four, I can tell you right now, the 49ers do not have the speed. To run with those oh, I receivers. Say, I can't wait to see what DeAndre Hopkins does to uh, Mr. They, Sherman. They do not have the speed to run with them. With that said, I think that pass rush will get off to Kyler enough just to throw him off just a little bit. Yeah. I think 49ers edge it out barely. 
Because that's where, with that pass rush, Kyler Murray, you could argue, is at his best when he got thrown yeah, on exactly. platform. So that's going to People, gonna people are going to start defending Kyler like they defend Mahomes, which nobody can. Yeah. Try to keep him in the pocket. He's most dangerous when he's moving. Make which him I never, I never thought we'd get to an era in football where your objective yeah. has to be keep, keep the quarterback in the, in the pocket. pocket. Yeah. So he's been pushed the quarterback it's out of always the been, It's always been get Brady off his spot. Yeah. Now it's... Keep keep Mahomes on the spot. Yeah, <laughs> don't let him move. So next game is the game I think will be the best game of the week. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, New Orleans Saints. I have Tampa Bay winning it. Um, I'll admit bias came into this. Uh, I got no love for New Orleans. I don't like their fans. They talk too much stuff. Uh, the Bucks. All right. So my thing with the Bucks that everybody is disrespecting. So they're like, oh, sure, they've got Brady and Fournette and Gronk, Evans, Brady. You know, they've got the O.J. Hooper. They've got this uh, – or O.J. Howard, not Hooper. Uh, they've got this amazing offense, but the defense sucks. No, that defense does not suck, all right? Their second – their biggest they're, – they're kind of like the 49ers. Their biggest concern is their secondary. They've got yep. speed there. It's just they don't have skill. I'm pretty sure they had the best run defense. They did. They had the best year. run defense in the league. Uh, Jason Pierre-Paul in 10 games last year had 8.5 sacks, and Shaquille Barrett led the league in sacks Sack, last year yeah. and was should have been – I don't know if he was, but he should have been a defensive player of the year candidate. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this team will be just fine. Mm-hmm. That defense – because, look, a great secondary with a mediocre pass rush will get beat. A mediocre secondary with a phenomenal pass rush can win you games. Yes, it can. Because especially when you're playing uh, vanilla midget Sam Bradford or a dome Sam Bradford and Drew Brees, he can't throw past 10 yards. All Michael Thomas can do is catch a drag or a slant route, which, you know, if that wins you games, it wins you games, whatever. Um, Y'all still the first 13-win team to lose in the wild card. Shouts out Minnesota. Um I don't like New Orleans. They're aging. I don't think they have a direction. They gave Jason Tatum all that, or not Jason Tatum, Taysom Hill all that money. I don't get why. He's not a quarterback. He's a gadget. He's taking that spot when Bruce uh, leaves. But that's a conversation for another And they'll game. win two games. I, um, that, I really don't. Drew Brees is up there. He's got a noodle arm outside of Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. They don't have any issues. Alvin Kamara is back at practice. They've settled that dispute. They're working on a contract. That'll be fine. Uh, Camaro was playing hurt last year, so now he's healthy. He'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, the defense, I've got question marks. They've got they've yeah. got Cam Jordan. Um, they've got Ty Shuttle up in the middle, clogging holes. But uh, you know, outside of Cam Jordan, I don't really know what they have for pass rush. They do have Demario. Or do they still have Demario Davis? Yeah, they still have Demario Davis. Uh, you know, so that's leading their linebacker core. <laughs> Uh, but outside of Lattimore and Williams in the secondary, I don't really know what they have there. You know. There's a lot of question marks on that defense, and mm-hmm. uh, if there's one thing, you know, people are saying, "Oh, shortened uh, off season, Bucks won't be ready." If there's one thing about Tom Brady, he's going to be ready, no matter what. Whether he's got to hold practice mm-hmm. or resume, he's going to be ready. Yeah, you know, he he's going to be ready. That offense is going to be ready. They're going to be running and gunning, and there's going to be. I think Tampa Bay will have too many weapons for New Orleans to stop. I, I just I think Tampa Bay wins. I've gone back and forth on this game all day. I got the Saints winning the game. I am very high on the Bucks about week six. I think we hit that midway point week six, week seven, week eight, week nine, and Tampa Bay takes off. 
I could be very wrong about that. Like you said, it's Brady. They're going to be ready to play. Areas is no joke. That defense is not a joke. They got all the weapons in the world. I'm going to take the Saints week one in the Superdome. It's, nobody's going to be there, though. But yeah. I'm going to take the Saints at home. Close game again. I don't. Very excited. This is a nationally televised game on Fox. They're going to have to go pay to watch it. Um, I, I, I have more faith in the Saints week one. The Saints' problem has never been the regular season. I, I don't because I remember two years ago when I took New Orleans defense in fantasy and Jameis Winston went and ripped him for 49 points in week one. I got the Saints close. The Bucks are going to be fine. I This division is ridiculous. Like When you look at it, I don't, I don't know yeah. who's going to win. I really don't. So I just got an ESP notification that said NFL will test players and staff for coronavirus daily during the season, but won't test on game days. Um, that 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 doesn't make sense to me. No, it doesn't. Testing daily not on game days, but whatever. That's not really any concern about. It's what not we're really about. relevant. But uh, next game, Sunday night football. We got the LA Rams versus Dim Boys, Dallas Cowboys. The two games should have been flipped. The Saints should be on Sunday Night Football, and the Bucks should be on Sunday Night Football. The Cowboys Rams should be 325, but yeah, here we are. they want to show off the new stadium. Them boys, so, we I boys, guess. throw up the X, whatever. Des Bryant didn't catch it. Um, <laughs> I'm a Cowboys hater, but I think the Cowboys beating the Rams. The Rams are just – they've dropped off so fast, so quick. Uh, back to the whole once you get to the get to the game and don't make it, you don't go back. Yeah. Um, Cowboys, I think they got a better team. I don't think they'll win their division because they never do. No, they'll choke it away. On paper, they have by far the best roster in the division, but that doesn't mean anything when you talk about them boys. But I think um, the Cowboys will come out, they'll win. Dak will have a great night. He's playing with a chip on his shoulder. They've got C.D. Lamb. They've got, um, oh, man, what's his name? Uh, Gallup. They've got Gallup, Amari Cooper. Zeke, they'll be fine. Um, the offense will move. The defense yeah. has got question marks, but the Rams on it, especially with Gurley out now and yeah. question field questions in that backfield and offensive line. You don't have to. Jared Goff's not going to beat you. Yeah. So, uh, Cowboys will come out. I don't think it'll be an entertaining game. I think Dallas will run away with it. Uh, Cowboys win. As much as I hate to say it, Cowboys win. I don't know what the Rams are doing on defense outside of Aaron Donald. Nothing. I don't dude. know if they're doing an offense to begin with. This team outside of Aaron Donald doesn't know what they're doing. I I have faith that Sean McVay to put up points some one way or another. Yeah, like McVay's not the problem. It's he's just the limited. He's limited in his personnel. The Cowboys have, like we said, the embarrassment riches. They got Cooper. They got Zeke. CD, no matter how I feel about CD Lamb. Um... If ands and buts about it, they have everything they need to win. My biggest question for this game is: Will the defense show up this year? I need Demarcus Lawrence. I need Jalen Smith. Is Vander Esch playing? Is he healthy? Does I anybody think, know? I think Vander Esch is. But Sean Lee's on. Sean Lee's on IR, IR now. Uh, Leo Collins, the right tackle, is on IR, IR too. Yeah. So, as much as I hate to say it, the Cowboys have the best roster in the NFC East. I still think they win the division because yeah. they never do. I think the Cowboys win the game. I don't really know what else to say. The only, the only reason this game was Sunday Night Football is because they want to show off the new stadium. Yeah. That's and it. It's, it's the Cowboys market. Yeah. That market that's will always it. come Sunday Night Games. Speaking of the NFC East, the first of two Monday Night Games, because I always run that doubleheader to start the year, 
Steelers Giants. This is easily, uh, I think this will be the biggest blowout of the year. The Steelers are gonna embarrass the Giants. You know, the Giants they have Saquon, they have Daniel Jones. That offense, you know, it's young, but they're getting there. They don't have anything on that defense. No, they were they were rebuilding how you're not supposed to. Yeah, because they don't know what they're doing. They yeah. don't know what they're doing. They don't have it. They traded Odell for nothing for Jabril Peppers. Yeah. Um, the Steelers are getting big. You know, we touched on them earlier. They're getting big Ben back. Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, Benny Snell. Uh, the defense. The defense speaks for itself. The defense is nasty. The defense speaks for itself. T.J. Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, Cameron Hayward. If you're playing fantasy, Pittsburgh defense is still sitting there tanky. Yeah, you know that defense is absolutely nasty. Yeah. It is raw. Um, Dude, they're gonna they're gonna frustrate Daniel Jones. They're gonna shut down Saquon. And they're going to force Daniel Jones to sit back and throw. And that Giants offensive line is not going to give him time to sit back (laughs) and throw. They're they're going to get shredded. Uh, Steelers are going to win this one in huge. And then the last game, 9-15 tip-off local time here. Our Tennessee Titans (laughs) take on the Denver Broncos. Extreme bias coming in. Oh, yeah. And there's no doubt about it. uh, I'll be shocked if I pick against the Titans on this podcast. Yeah, me too. Um, so, obviously, the Titans are going to win by 50. No, oh, so um, I think the Titans will win. Um, I think it will be a close game. I do, too. Because Denver's defense, uh, the Titans traded Jarrell Casey to Denver in the offseason. Um, personally, I hated the move. But regardless, um, that's huge for Denver because they always had – They've always they have they've always had Vaughn Miller and a partner on the outside, yeah. whether it was Demarcus Ware or Bradley Chubb. Uh, Bradley Chubb is working back from his injury, yes, but he regardless, is. he will be playing. Mm-hmm. So they'll have Bradley Chubb and Vaughn Miller on the outside, where the Titans have a question. Uh, you know, Vaughn Miller will be lined up on the right tackle, where we have a question mark. We don't yes. know if it'll be Isaiah Wilson or Dennis Kelly. We don't know. Uh, we don't know that yet. Lawan will be fine with Bradley Chubb on the outside. Yeah. I'm not concerned about that. I don't have. Um, I don't have any concerns about Lawan. More, more concerned with Vaughn Miller coming off the other yeah, side. Right tackle. We've got a question mark at right tackle. They've got a bona fide stud at outside linebacker that'll be lined up against him on the interior. Uh, Roger Saffold and Ben Jones will hold it down. Nate Davis, his health is in question. question. If he's healthy, he'll be fine. But um, Jarrell Casey will be lined up on the inside. He knows yeah. how that Titans offense runs. He's going to be playing with a chip on his shoulder because he's going to be pissed, which Fair I would be too. I think, Bra- I think Jarrell Casey will have a really good game. With that said, I don't think Denver will be able to shut down Derrick Henry just because nobody in the league was able to. This dude no. beats 11-man boxes for a living. Another thing, I don't think uh, Tennessee's offense will skip a beat. I think they'll pick up right where they left off last year in the regular season with Tannehill doing his thing. I don't have any concerns about it. Khalif Raymond has been showing. He uh, was coming on very nicely at the end of last year. He's been showing out in training camp and one-on-ones uh, with Khalif Raymond, Corey mm-hmm. Davis, A.J. Brown, and Adam Humphreys along with Jonu Smith. We've got the most physical offense in the league. We can finally air it out now because we have wide receivers. You know, I fully believe Denver lost their best corner. Yes, they did. Uh, Justin Simmons and the Kareem, is Kareem Jackson there or is he in Houston? I think he's in Houston. I'm pretty sure he's in Houston now. Yeah, I think Kareem Jackson is in Houston. But uh, I know Justin Simmons is. Yeah, he's in Houston. Yeah, I just, all right. No, so, maybe not. Or no, Kareem Jackson is a strong Denver. safety for Denver. Yeah, yeah. So they've got Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons. But, you know, while that is a very good safety duo, 
uh, I don't, the Titans don't necessarily go deep enough for a safety to have issues with them. I don't, Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson are yeah. both uh, zone safeties. They're not going to be able to run the stop for you. They're not a Jamal Adams or a Derwin James. Um, I don't think the run will be an issue. I don't think that they can guard Johnny Smith because he's got wide receiver speed at tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, on When you flip and you look at the Titans defense and the Denver offense, that Denver offense has the potential to be scary. They've yes, got, it does. Uh, I am, Phillip Lindsay. I'm concerned with the speed on Denver's offense. Yeah. Just giving our defense, our corners that are aging, yeah. I am nervous, but I don't think it'll be enough to – Defeat us. See, I think we'll be fine because Malcolm Butler will likely enter the season as cornerback three. Yeah. Because we'll have Christian Fulton. We'll have Adoree Jackson. We did lose Logan Ryan, but I think we'll be okay. I think we yeah. have sufficient in replacing him. Uh, my biggest issue, pass rush for yes. the Titans. However, Denver's offensive line isn't necessarily the best. Yes. So... Uh, with how Vrabel schemes things, I think Drew Locke is a young quarterback. It'll be a, yeah. his first full year starting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we'll be able to throw some things that will confuse him. We have a very physical and gritty team that was shown all throughout the playoffs in last year. Yes. Uh, our linebackers will be fine with no offense and the running backs. We've got Jayon Brown, uh, DeAndre Walker. No, not DeAndre Walker. We cut him. Uh, David Long, mm-hmm. Weston Woodyard, uh, Will Compton, Rashawn Evans. I think we'll be fine there. Defensive-wise, uh, pass rush does concern me unless, you know, we can uh, win the Clowney sweepstakes. I don't think anybody's winning the Clowney sweepstakes. I think Clowney's playing everybody to the maximum potential. Yeah. Uh, I Whether, you know, I don't know if we'll sign him or not, but we'll have uh, we'll have Harold Landry. We'll have Correa. We'll have um, – uh, there are a few other guys that I can't remember their names. Jeffrey Simmons in the middle. Yeah, Jeffrey Simmons and Daquan Jones in the yep. middle. Which and that's the biggest thing that'll make the Jarrell trade okay is we do have Simmons to step up into that yeah. role because Simmons is going to be a monster. Yeah. Um, but I think Denver. I think Denver will take a great leap this year. I think yeah. they could push for that wild card spot. But I think uh, week one that offense is just a little too young, and I think I think Tennessee will be able to pull it out. But I, I think it'll be a close game. I, I do too. I think it'll come down to the fourth quarter. Um, I hope the Titans can slow the game down on offense, stop Denver from flying around a little bit. Um. I, the key to me isn't the speed receiver, it's Philip Lindsay. We got to stop Philip Lindsay, or yeah. it's going to be a long day. Because if they can play action and take shots, it's going to be a long yeah. day. Because that's get, what you we're going to we're gonna have to get physical and slow yeah. the game down if we want to win. You got to stop Philip Lindsay, and you got to get a hat on AJ Johnson running the yeah. middle of that defense. Got to. Because that's what, you know, that was our biggest thing last year is we we did not let teams play their style yeah. of football. We yeah. made them play our style of football. Mm-hmm. So we can't come out here and try to sling the rock no. like Denver's going to want to do. We no. have to get up big, or not get up big, but we have to get up early, sit, get on that lead, and keep playing our brand of yeah. slow, smash-mouth football. First play of the season, they're going to throw play action, though. I guarantee you. Oh, yeah. There's going to be a play action bomb to do, yeah. or A.J. Brown to yeah. do. Actually, Actually, I could see us running a play action bomb to Khalif Raymond first play. I, I want to run I form pro and put Raymond over here and AJ over here and just let it go. Let it fly. Yeah, I want to run toss with him. If, if Raymond's open, give him the ball. If AJ's got a corner on him, throw him the ball. I don't really care if he's got a corner on him. Be AJ Boy, I just forgot. I just remember AJ Boy did get traded yes, he to did. Denver, but he's we, not abused running with, him. we abused yeah. him two times a year when he was so, in Jacksonville. So I'm not really concerned about that. That's that. Um, I'm excited, man. I, if the Titans don't win the division this year, I'm. It's I don't never know. It's not gonna happen. It's there's gonna not. Happen. There's a year, just to end it off. Um, Tre'Davious White's getting an extension. They're closing in on it, according to Adam Schefter and 
Gary Fowler. So four year lucrative extension, which so, well deserved. That's yes, one of the best well, well and if you look at his numbers, he was right up there with Gilmore. He's one of yes. the best scorers in the league. Yes, he is. I'm excited, man. NFL season starting. College football started somewhat today. Uh, poor MTSU. Dude, yeah, that's forty-two nothing. R.I.P. to the alma mater, but uh, I think that's all. Yeah, I think that's all. Thank y'all for uh, listening, and we'll be back next time.